<laughs> we, we talked at the same time. Go ahead, Nat. I'm sorry. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. I am Nat, and I am joined by the lovely, the wonderful Jimin. Guten Tag. And a sorry tag from me. And we are back once again. Yay. Hey, hope you're doing well. We know things are a bit crazy, but we're hoping that you are going to find some escape from yes. the shitty, shitty, crazy world that we live in right now and enjoy some K-pop humor, some compelling discussions and just some, some laughs like at the beginning of this episode. That's not very ominous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, it's not. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not supposed to be. <laughs> yes. All right. So, yes. Let us start with what are we listening to? Okay. I have been obsessed with, like, soundtracks and OSTs these days. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I've been listening to Akumano Ko, which is the ED to Season 4 Part 2 of Attack on Titan. That song is incredible. That song is amazing. It's like the lyrics, the vocals, the I don't speak Japanese, so I guess that sounds I sound just as fake deep as like K-pop stands when they go, the lyrics are so powerful. But seriously, the lyrics, <laughs> the vocals, like what it's about, like what it stands for, especially in terms of if you watch that show. Yeah, it's just so such a good song. So Ashes, Ash on the Fire, which is another song from Attack on Titan. I've been listening to also like lots of two by two randomly like the other day i listened to all of their songs while i was working and doing busy work and doing stuff you know and then what else have i been listening to? and then like in terms of western music you know it's just kind of been the same stuff i'm trying to look to see what i've been listening to actually i don't think i've been listening to a lot of western music it's been a lot of k-pop like the other day yeah just like a lot of two by two it's pretty much solely been tomorrow by together i feel Okay. I don't, I don't know. Have I been listening to anything else, Snap? Can you help me figure out? Um, <laughs> I don't. Oh, and Doja Cat, Kiss Me More. That I okay. literally listened to that song. And it's because like you hear it a lot. And it's just such a catchy song that you even sing it a lot, you know? So I literally listen to it all the time. But yeah, I think those are like the main tunes that I've been listening to. What about you? So I have been listening to just all sorts of music, mostly because I do the station head radio thing on Sundays. So I just, anytime something new drops, I just add it to a list and I play it for the first time there. And it's really, it's interesting because there's a lot of stuff that I probably would not look for <laughs> otherwise, or I'd be like, mm, I'm kind of like not here for it, but I play it. And then I've discovered some new stuff. Like I really like Snooper. I don't know why I am just getting into them now, but I clearly am. And I've been listening to BAP a lot more because even though we didn't get to it near like the end of their career, the music was so good. And it's still stuff that I go back to like, and I've been listening to God Seven, of course. And in terms of Western music or just my music, I've been listening to more like a lot of Mary. 
Mary J. Blige. I don't know why. I just you need to expand and let me know that you're talking about Mary J. Blige as if I thought you would be talking about any other Mary. I'm I'm talking, like, well, I mean, this is for other people as well, like listeners oh, <laughs> who might not I know mean, who be if, like if Mary. I, if, our listeners, if our listeners hear Mary and don't think Mary J. Blige, I'm going to have a lot of questions. I mean, <laughs> we got some people who listen to us like in other countries like that may not have, who might be too young. To, to be there during the heyday of Mary, you know? Ah, so, know. who probably watched the Super Bowl and was like, who's that lady performing next to those old men? <laughs> you know? I don't know. I, I, I would even still have so many questions. Like, how did yeah. you find us and why do you enjoy us? Well, I mean, <laughs> but it's a K-pop I feel podcast. I feel <laughs> exactly. I feel you. I mean, so, yeah, but we, yeah. we be, we be awesome. Yeah. We, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I've listened to some Mary and just her essentials and just like my life because my life is just immaculate. I mean, it's, it's perfection. It's just one of the best albums of all time. Listening to a lot of Tony too. I don't know why. I mean, I never stopped listening to Tony to be quite honest, but just so you define Mary J. Blige, but not Tony Braxton. I'm Tony. Well, Tony Braxton is actually my third favorite artist of all time. So I mean, for her, yeah, there's no words. Fair, but but yeah. I feel like there's more famous Tonys yes. than famous Marys. Well, it's because you, it, you said that I shouldn't have expanded, kind of. So I just went with Tony. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Like Tony Braxton, for those who don't know, now you know. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I listen to Tony like every day. So I and drew hill and honestly i have a lot of playlists on my apple music and i have this one playlist that's it's kind of meant to be a sleep playlist but it's really just like a whole crap load of r&b mostly from the 90s and 2000s and i literally just sink into it it's it's honestly the playlist i go back to the most and it's just perfect it, it has every every single of my favorite songs are on there whether they're you know singles official singles or b-sides or whatnot so yeah i just really really enjoy it and i love r&b i i try to get into new r&b but i think sometimes like one the singing style is very different people are doing a bit too much of the weird housley thing i think sometimes or just the voices are just not like what i'm used to i guess i don't know and also, sometimes I think that they get a bit too graphic with their romance songs. I'm just like, or they say the N-word too much. And I'm just like, mm, I'm, I'm good, guys. Oh, listen to something else. But I am definitely not saying not to give R&B a chance. Listen to it, guys. Respect it. Promote it. Yes. But for me, the 2000s and the early 90s and the 90s are basically where I sit a lot of the time. So... Fair. Yeah, that's well. Cool. But I will say, lastly, yes. Normani is coming out with a new single. Oh, that's Jasmine so Sullivan's last album was so good. Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Holly was really good. So there's definitely some of these girls are out here like really doing their thing. So yeah, yes. don't deep fry pine cones. Don't this do that, guys. Don't have to. Okay. okay, so we talked about you know what we're listening to. Let's talk about comebacks anything that really sort of caught your ear okay so <laughs> a couple things one two by two uh two by two's yanjun and Taehyun recently feature on a track by this 
artist who is basically Halsey, but you know, I guess it's illegal to say that. But the song is called PS5, and it's a completely ridiculous concept. But the boys sound great, and I think it's really good that they are branching out and getting these opportunities and singing in a style that's very different from Two by Two's usual style, because it makes me optimistic for what's to come for them in the future. So very excited about that. That was very cool. We all know, <laughs> and if you don't know by now, I don't know if you've been using the internet. Just released a Stay Alive, which. I am with Nat before this, for, for context, before this episode, me and Nat were talking about how Suga's name and likeness is all over the promotion for this, but he's not actually in the song. And it's really funny because it's kind of like the DJ Mustard or the, the Timbaland way of producing a track where it's like you're not actually singing it or performing on it but i guess because you produce it that gives you an excuse to be all over it and it's like yeah like why is this picture on lyric lyric videos he has no lines guys but the song is actually really cute it's really good it's like it it gives me some more vibes to my time and i feel like that's jungkook's lane and it's a good lane for him to be in and he sounds nice and i don't know it's just a nice song you could not pay me to ever listen to weekly's new release again i'm I'm just not doing it sorry ladies it, it was not good or interesting same thing it. with cherry bullets release i did not like love in space but I'm, I'm sorry i it you know what it, i feel it's because at first i didn't like how it started and then when we mm. got to the chorus it's like i heard it a little bit or maybe that was chiquita where I feel like I I, you might have met Chiquita because yeah that was not that great but obviously i'm i'm, I'm not gonna I, I will say we did listen to tempest well i did and they need to give god seven their flowers because the inspiration is very clear and i know that they have not come back so i mean those are like i guess the comebacks that have already happened but i know g idol did release kind of a teaser video <clears throat> clip mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what lane they're trying to be in. <laughs> I don't like this lane though. I it, for the my bag song, like it yeah. kind of <laughs> reminded me of. Didn't BTS have a song about their bag as well? That was like really. You mean um, what was it? Did you see my bag? Did you see my bag? The Steve Aoki. Yes. What was this one called? Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> was it mic drop? I don't think that was my That's the only song I remember where they said, did you see my bag? Did you see my bag? This song. Mm. Well, I know they had a song with a bag, about a bag. And that's what this kind of reminded me of. And I was kind of just less swag. Less swag than BTS. So you definitely can't pull this off. <laughs> and y'all also don't even be having a bag like that. Let's be real, ladies. Y'all do not have that bag. But also, to me, the only group that can use the term, like the phrase, my bag... And I don't roll my eyes immediately is NCT one two seven because they did it in freaking regular and mm. it was hilarious. <laughs> NCT is always like unintentionally funny. But yeah, I mean, so those are people who've already come back. I'm excited or interested in at the very least Red Velvet and Dreams comebacks. Mm. I'm really curious to see. After we, so we listened to, for those who don't know, we just recently listened to Perfect Velvet on Patreon. Feel free to subscribe. We are at Nyanitizens on there. But yeah, I, I'm actually really interested in Red Velvet now. Like that was my first experience listening to a full album and it gave me a lot of optimism for what they are capable of. Mm -hmm. So I am curious. And then of course, like with Dream, you know, 
I don't know. I'm interested to see where they go. Because I just feel like they've, ever since Mark came back, they were kind of in that weird place where they were trying to make 127 music. Mm. Like Hot Sauce. Yeah. And it just didn't really work for me. Even though everybody else loved it. So Mm. I don't know. I'm just curious to see where they go from there. But what about you? What any comebacks or debuts that you're interested in that you already listened to or looking for? Yeah. So it was Mike Drop. I did just check it. I didn't know that was the name of the song, but yes, yes, because it's featuring designer, right? Yeah, it's featuring. You know what? I just I feel like I knew what Mike Drop sounded like. I I don't know why I thought I was so sure that I knew what it sounded like, and it wasn't that. <laughs> but I guess it is Mike Drop. I don't know whatever anyways i love stay alive by jungkook i loved love loved up by jungkook it is a bob and it's kind of a little bit more uh sexy than i was expecting but i'm not complaining because you know my feelings about bob jungkook yes mm-hmm. and <laughs> i did love love and space by cherry bullet i know i love that song it's great and in terms of stuff that I'm like looking forward to, I'm looking forward to Brave Girls. I'm listening, looking forward to Top, his album that's coming out and the Big Bang single that's going to be coming out as well. And I think kind of like, I didn't like Queen, so I'm not sure what I'm going to expect from Black, or sorry, from, I was going to say Blackpink, but who knows when they'll be releasing music. Uh, Red Velvet. <laughs> Red Velvet. So this Feel My Rhythm thing, I'm, we'll see how that goes. And I do agree, My Bag by G Idol or Silent G Idol was laughable. <laughs> no shade to yeah. those girls, but that's not a lane they should be in. They're not I feel like, yeah. Girls. Like, that, that song told me to go back to Africa. Like, yeah, that's, that's I was very, 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 <laughs> I'm not, I'm not here for that song at all. No, no, no. I don't think anybody should be here for that song, to be quite honest, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. I love that we like all both skipped over Super Junior and Colin or whatever. Girl, did you, ever, did you listen to that song? That's why you skipped over song. it. I did listen exactly. to that song. <laughs> you had the unfortunate experience of listening to it. That's why you skipped over it. Yeah, 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 I did anyways let's get into these topics (laughs) on a somber note wjsn's dawan was diagnosed with anxiety disorder according to her company starship entertainment and she will not be participating in wjsn's schedule for the time being and they are actually going to be or supposed to be on queendom so i and i i don't know if they have a comeback coming up on top of that but they definitely do have schedules that she's going to be missing and i i'm happy though that they are being open with the fans about it and they are also going to give her the break that she needs to deal with her her mental health i think that's so important because before they wouldn't have done it before they would have been like nope you need to perform you need to be on stage you need to be the idol and smile and, and be and pretend to be happy that's your job and i think that we've come to a place where mental health breaks are being becoming very regular in k-pop and i mean it's it's unfortunate because these idols are you know in such a very high stress environment all the time from being trainees to being you know idols they have such fast-paced world Mm -hmm. where they're being judged on what they look like you know what Mm -hmm. the what their talent quote-unquote is supposed to be so i get it it's it's an it's a it's an occupation where I feel like mental health is probably pretty low 
in general. But on the flip side, I'm happy that I, the companies are now being like, okay, you need a break, take a break. We will continue without you and we'll be here when you are ready. And I really appreciate that. So let's, you know, send some positive energy to Dawan and support, you know, WJSN on Queendom in her absence. And so that she comes back to maybe a winning group. And then I guess in other sort of somber news, Azia's Moon Jun Young was caught drunk driving again. So a YouTuber. Ew, revealed, that's so gross. Yeah, revealed that this person, Jun Young, was under the sorry under the influence while driving and basically they described it as a k5 vehicle entered a one-way road in reverse near Anjo row gangnam gu and ran into a rose royce vehicle the k5 driver slammed on his car horn to tell the other driver to get out of the way and something got off and yelled at him at that time he smelled like alcohol and so the Rolls Royce owner, car owner, reported the K5 car owner to the police for suspected drunk driving. And they put a picture up. And even though they blurred out his face, his skin was so red that you could tell because, you know, the Asian flesh, right? Like it exists, right? So he was so red by his how much alcohol he drank that you could see it through the blurring of his face. It was actually pretty insane. And so basically he was at... Um, 0.113%, which can be considered as drunk driving. And he already had driven drunk before in 2018. So this is the second time that he has been caught in this regard. So yeah, that happened. I mean, it's just so gross. I feel like it is just so strange to me that so many celebrities drink and drive. Like, I, I don't yeah. know, that, that, might, that might sound really naive of me, but I just feel like most regular people don't do it you know what I mean and I don't know I don't know anybody personally who's ever considered drinking and driving so I don't know it's just strange to me like dude just call an uber yeah there's no way you need to be that bad and the thing is that's crazy to me about this is that there are tolerable levels of alcohol for when you drive obviously it's lower for women than it is for men so if you were out and you like with people and you do have to drink one thing for the most part, if you wait, you know, an hour or two hours, you can drive yourself home. And that's usually not a problem. And drink so, water and you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, just just be smart. To not get drunk. Yeah. Exactly. Because I do understand that in Korean culture, drinking is a part of it. So I understand sometimes that, you know, that's something that if you go out with your, your co-stars or something like that, people are going to drink. But there's a way to do that responsibly. If you do plan to drive yourself home. And if you don't, as you said, there's so many ride sharing apps that are available and even companies. Like I remember when um, Jen K from 2PM got caught drunk driving, G- JYP Entertainment literally put out a statement saying, you know, he, he's, you know, sorry about the stupid thing. We at the company actually have drivers that we provide to our idols when they go out. So he had that option and did not use it. So it's... I know there's no excuse. There's no reasoning behind this. It's like you chose to do this and now you are going to face the music. Point blank. Not sorry. Yep. All right. And I guess this is bad news to Sujin fans. (laughs) So Sujin from Silent G Idol. Last year, she was enrolled in bullying scandal. 
and basically she instead I would I can say safely say basically that last year was the year of bullying because almost everybody and their mom was accused of bullying a lot of these things were debunked obviously some people just owned up to it and just moved on like Irene so Sujin's approach was to basically push back on everything and then when a actress so Shin A had like kind of like she hadn't actually said that Sujin had bullied her, but she had kind of put out a post at the time that was kind of suspicious, a little sus. So Sujin then had decided to be like, okay, well, if you have something to say, you need to say it. So then Sujin A said bet, and she came out and said, you didn't personally bully me, but I heard you shit talking me so much in school that it made me feel really bad about myself and made me not want to go there. And so that on top of the other sort of accusations that she had faced led to Q basically removing her from the group. So she was no longer in Silent G Idol, but she was still signed to Cube. So you never know what can happen in that regard. She could have went the solo route like Wanho had done because he had a scandal, which is why he was removed from Monster X, right? And then he mm-hmm. went solo. So it could have been that, or they could have added her back to the group. But she was basically on this long ass hiatus. The group had already released a song. Like it wasn't an official song, but they had really already re- released something without her. So Yen did her solo and they actually just performed somewhere as a, as a five, I think, yeah, five member group recently. So people were kind of just like unsure of what was going on. And then they recently um, came out with a statement saying, this is Cube Entertainment. We would like to inform you that our exclusive contract with artist So Sujin will be terminated. Regarding the controversy that arose in February 2021, the company Sujin worked with the police to investigate the case. And the investigation determined that the individuals who made the comments were found not guilty of spreading false information. We respect the results of the police investigation and we apologize for causing concern to many people. Thank you. So basically what the court had found was that both sides did not have enough evidence to prove defamation. (laughs) So. Yes. So it's not that she is outright guilty. It's just that she cannot prove that what they're saying was incorrect. Or, I guess, grounds for defamation. Mm. Yes. So, and honestly, I, I, I don't know Sujin. I know that Korea is a very highly competitive world. And I know that nastiness arises from that. Because, I mean, we all watch K-dramas. We all see... We all saw Boys Over Flower. We know what, what, we know that that's not just entirely fiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think with Sujin's response to the bullying claims and the way that she came out with a bulletin, like point by point, and in the point by point, she basically said she admitted to two things, which was like smoking, I think, a cigarette or, and riding a motorcycle or some shit like that, which is nothing but whatever. And everything else she said she couldn't remember, she couldn't recall. But I remember when she kind of stepped to Shanae and was like, if, if you have something to say, then say it. And I was like, that sounds like something a bully would say. I don't know. Yeah. Like, personally, yeah. personally, <laughs> personally, I think you're trying to bully this girl into coming out. And, and you know, Shanae said, okay. And she did come forward. And Sujin was also the one that said, if this has been proven true, I will take my punishment and leave the group. So here you go. She should have just... Put out a statement <laughs> saying, I apologize. I'm reflecting. I'm going to call these people. I'm going to talk to these people. And Irene did. And she could have 
easily just come back. She still had yeah, Irene scandal is pretty much gone. I don't. I feel like people mentioned it once, and they're like, you never heard about it again. SM is really good at that, though. Yeah, and Irene's very pretty. So I mean, yeah, people. people, Well, I don't know what Sujin looks like. I don't think I pay that much attention to. I just know G Idol as an entity. Yeah, I don't or Idol. I guess their name is Idol. I just know them as an entity. I don't think of them as like I I don't I can't recall like who they are individually. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. Well, I like Minnie and I like Yuki. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I always knew her because Sujin was she wasn't quite the face of the group, but she was in the center a lot. She was like the sexy member. So they kind of pushed her as kind of like a Hyuna-esque kind Mm. of member from this group. So that, I mean, I feel like they are going to get a bit, they're going to lose a bit of fans because of the situation, but they're still so popular in China because they have, I think they have a Taiwanese member and mainline China member. So, and then they have a Thai member with mini. So I, it's fine. They're going to be fine. I don't, I don't see this being like something that's going to affect them in the long run, though. Yeah, what's going to affect them in the long run is, is this trash ass song they're about to put out. <laughs> that's what's going to affect them. That and also Sujin. Sorry, not Sujin. So leader, the, I guess, the creative mind between behind their music. Uh, Jen like the, hip-hop, the, 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 what she call it? Ethnic hip? Yep. Her? Ethnic hip. Okay. Yes. The, the creator of ethnic hip herself uh john soyun was accused of plagiarizing 80s so poor 80s they are not she's the leader and she's the one who makes all their songs all their songs mind you that have usually don't have choruses but usually have some sort of tribal sounds or some some something that's not actual like a word like la ta ta or like she literally is the queen of doing that do that again I'm not doing that again because I know it's like she loves her some like tribal whatever like dum dee dum 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 like this this is her wheelhouse okay but she is seen in Korea as this innovative creative mind who crafted the the discography of of Silent G Idol and yes so basically she was on an NBC audition program and to debut a new girl group called my teen girl and the finale was aired on february 27th and basically the song one of the songs that they were going to release i think they're still planning to release it it's called sun which she wrote and you know composed for the group but it became controversial because it has a similar chorus to 80s's wave and if you listen to the two songs they it's more than just the chorus honey it is more than the chorus too. Like the song, she stole the song. Like let's let's call a spade a spade here, guys. I heard too. I haven't. You know what? I should actually confirm it if she actually promoted at the same time as the song was out, because I would be even more suspicious. And and you know, just to sort of you know connect the dots a little bit more. But so sorry, I'm basically, like trying to listen to both of the songs. And there, the melody is clearly the same. Like the only difference is in the the song she made, it's like sped sped up a little bit. So mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, that's a really close hit call. Did she change it enough to make it different? I don't think she did because if you can hear this new song and immediately recall the AT song, I don't think you changed it enough to make it different. So it, it sounds to me like. ATs definitely has a plagiarism, infri- like a copyright infringement 
case on their hands. Maybe not ATs, who are KQ, whoever produced this song. Yes. Yeah, because the songs and are just, it's very, yeah, that chorus is very similar to the the melody in the verses for so the ATs chorus or the whole, really the whole melody, because the melody doesn't really change an AT song from the verses to the chorus. It's just the same. It's like straight up the same. But sorry, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Um, no, 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 no. That, I mean, you're bringing up the main points here, which is that the song is nearly identical and there's no way that anybody could say that it's not sim- at least similar i mean if you don't want to say it's a straight up copy which it isn't because there are little tweaks here or there it is very very similar and it sucks because like 80s i feel like 80s has kind of slowed a bit popularity wise oh and for then, sure and then at the beginning of the year they had this end mix thing with their concept being quote-unquote stolen and now you have this and but it's funny because I've seen a lot of comments, people being like, you know, I Wait, really- what's the what's the inmix thing? Oh, you didn't hear about that? Okay, so no. mix they're the song that we all loved. <laughs> you about to make me walk up the studio. <laughs> the song that we both loved, oh oh, was accused of plagiarized being plagiarized by from ATs in terms of the concepts of the MV and stuff like that. And so here, let me show you the link for that as well. But yeah, so I mean, concept wise, I feel like after a while, everybody kind of copies everyone. So I'm not really, yeah, yeah, you know. I'm not too keen on calling out similar concepts. It's more so the similar music. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, so let's see. Yeah, so it gets a little bit more weird, this whole situation right after that, because basically when it came up, the writer or the writer of the song wave for 80s, he was literally just placed as in the credits for Sun mm-hmm. before they actually got permission to do so. So they reached out to him and I guess they thought that, you know, oh, we'll just give him credit and it should be fine. But he was just like, I don't really agree with I never like you need that. permission. It's <laughs> yeah. about credit. It's about permission. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like the company did, Cube did speak out about it. And basically they said that Soyun had spoken directly to the producer of that song about the situation and apologized. And basically they judged that they there was a similarity between the two songs. And so they gave credit to the original producers. And then an hour before it was set to be released, the producer's agency told us they opposed this. But since the request to the production company had already been made, the song was released as it was without the agency's opposition being reflected. So they didn't just have to apologize for the similarity. They had to apologize for the credit as well. See, I feel like in situations like this, I feel like people really overestimate how difficult it is to get permission to sample something or use something as a basis it's not i feel like a lot of like producers and artists especially if you're more on the small time like not small time but you know so if you're somebody who's trying to break into a certain industry not saying that that's the case with this writer but just you know in those situations in general people are a lot more willing to just share their work without even asking for payment as long as you you know actually get their permission and then at the end credit them so it wouldn't even be that hard to just clear the permission first before you you know mastered the song and sent it in yep 
No, it's true. And on top of too, the whole aesthetic thing, apparently Edmix had done a, what was it? They had done a, sorry, I'm reading this, uh, a band's concept video titled New Frontier Declaration. And it was also accused of copying AT's declaration from the band's first EP. So I don't know. It's, it, it, it was found that DigiPD or DigiPetty, I guess, the studio that produced the new music video for OO, has collaborated with ATs before, but it wasn't for, I guess, the specific thing that they're accusing it of plagiarizing. So who knows? Who knows? But yeah. ATs has definitely been in, in, in everybody's mouth lately and not for their music, <laughs> just for yeah scandals. <laughs> so, I, and you know, I almost feel bad for not being that into their music because I yeah, think they seem... They, they're definitely good dancers and performers and they seem like decent, you know, in terms of their image and what they're putting out into the world. And it seems like they are getting stolen from a lot. It's just unfortunate that a lot of it is, in my opinion, not worse. To like. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you know, they're definitely trendsetters. They're trendsetters. Yeah, they're definitely, definitely. trendsetters. <laughs> and I feel like, but I feel like, I feel like the trend that they were setting is actually kind of the trend that they had set initially is kind of out of style with boy groups. I feel like boy yes. groups are shifting more towards either straight up cute concepts or like a two by two type of concept, which was that rock Rebel. like early 2000s. Yeah, that kind of vibe instead of the, I don't know, I don't even know what straight. to call it. <laughs> Hip hop. Yeah, like I feel like they're, I feel like though they aesthetically, they're usually always on point. It's just the music is hit or miss. The music. Yeah. yeah, the music is very um, loud is, is yes. how I would refer to it. And and that's OK. But I do think that the people are trending away from the loud sound. I mean, what did NCT what was NCT's last release? What, what was it? Was it? It was that Have a Ball song or some shit like that, wasn't it? Um, see, I don't even know. Was it I loud? Mean, it, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't like the song, so I don't oh, know. Okay. I listened to it once and I was like, mm, let me go listen to Hot Sauce or Sticker. I'd rather Sticker. listen to those two songs. Yeah. But I was. Like Speaking of, sorry, speaking yeah, of people cool. who are loud, Stray Kids are also coming back soon. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that you brought that up because I would like to only apologize to the guy. Who's the guy? Hyunjin, the guy that's in the song with Bang Chan that, that I really like. I would yes, like to only so. apologize to him, him <laughs> for all of my criticisms on Stray Kids. Um, just just <laughs> just <laughs> that's it actually you know what since we're talking about straight kids let us get into their we have two little stories from them the first oh actually i only put one on here but the second one i'm gonna mention because i think it's actually kind of hilarious but anyway okay. so the first one is bang chang was discussing why artists pre-record on stage and why they're necessary. And basically he's saying, look, we have busy days. We use our voices for interviews and V-lives and all these things. And then we have to sing. So something's going to have to be, you know, something's going to have to give so that we don't completely lose our voices. I get it. I honestly do get it. But also you are in a group with like 12 people. How much singing are you actually doing? <laughs> you say, okay, okay, hold up. Is this one of the things you have linked? Yeah, yeah it's on there if you... Wait, Bang Chan discusses pre-recordings? Yes. Okay, and he says, "Well, it's a video, on. but okay. basically, he talks about why 
they pre-record their vocals. Right. And what did he say? Oh, that's basically what I said. What he said was that... I'm going to need you to say it again because I I was zoned out. (laughs) Okay. So he is basically saying that we have these really stacked days. We get up at like four o'clock in the morning. We have to do interviews. We have to do V-Lives. We have to do shows. And then we have to perform as well too. So something like, something has to give in order for us to not lose our voices or not damage our vocal cords. So that's why pre-recording is really important for us because it actually gives us a bit of a break when we perform. Okay. Um, (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) In addition to what you said earlier, which is very, very true, by the way, I have to add, okay, wouldn't it make more sense to save your vocals for the actual performance because your job is to sing and not first and foremost, before you are an influencer, before you are, you know, a public figure, any of those things, you are a singer. So I don't know. I, I highly doubt Mariah Carey is saving her voice for interviews. No, she's saving her voice to perform on stage, whether or not she can, you know, that has worked for her in recent years, that is to be determined. But it, it's the fact that this is your job is to sing. Mm-hmm. So you would think that, I mean, I get what he's saying. I get it. I just feel like I, I don't see why all those other things would take precedence over the real live and performance. I don't, does that make sense? To me, you're starting to sound like Blackpink a little bit. You're like, well, I had to go to the Dior show so I couldn't perform live. <laughs> like, it's, it's a bit, <laughs> you know. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. You know me. I hate pre-recording. I don't care who the hell you are. If you're, if you're supposed to be, quote unquote, a singer, you need to sing. That's just basically how I look at it. I mean, I have never in my life heard Chinese lip sync. Never. Yeah, never. And you know what's funny is when you said you only have two lines, that makes it even funnier to me because it's like, if you are saying all of this with talking about an Mnet performance, you're performing. You literally have like one line. You have one song and you're singing one line in that one song. Your voice should not be strained in that one moment. That's a bit ridiculous. Like, that's your big moment. You know what I mean? Like, if you're like the the fourth sub vocalist from the back in Stray Kids, you have one moment where you need to do the thing you're getting paid to do. I, I feel like you should put more of your focus on that instead of all. Of the, here's the thing, too. <laughs> it's not even like, like mentioning all the interviews and all the other work you do. It's not even the people who are only getting the one line are talking that much in interviews anyway, because don't nobody want to hear what they got to say. Once like, again, like, <laughs> you're not a popular member. You're at the back. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> like, like, like uh, I can kind of understand, but even to him, he's like a rapper most of the time. So I also yeah. can't really understand it. But if you're like, I, mean, I don't know. I don't honestly, if you're anybody else in that group who's like, I guess, Felix, <laughs> the people who have the most lines, I just don't understand that lo- that logic that much. I don't know. NCT yeah. has 23 members. If one of them <laughs> tried to say, I'm just too tired to say, if Win Win tried to say, I'm just too tired to sing Buzz It For A Real One Live, <laughs> I would be very confused. <laughs> but also, speaking of Felix... Felix was under fire, um, according to Netizen Buzz, for sending raunchy messages on Bubble. So Bubble is the like K-pop 
sort of messaging service where idols can message directly with fans and fans pay for a subscription to it. And so, yeah, yeah, I know. So this is what, this is what the story is. And honestly, it's from, it's via YouTube. It's on Medicine Buzz. So who knows if this is true? I mean, it kind of makes me like it more, but we'll see. So Stray Kids Felix posted a string of messages on Bubble saying, Try using a silk blanket once. It's really comfortable and doesn't get hot. It's very breezy. If you want to try it out, I have space in my bed next to me. We can sleep together. In another bubble message at night, he wrote, I'll do whatever you want. The leather strap around my neck belongs to you. It's so hot. I must have been imagining too many things while with you. I'm glad you can read my thoughts. Heart. What do you think I was thinking about? And then audio message of kissing noises and moaning. What's for dinner? You? So his fans are trying to say that What's basically his fans are trying to say that basically he was pretending to be a cat who was and so these are like break bro I guess these are different messages that somebody put together to make it seem like it was what it was. And he was supposed to be imitating either his cat or a cat. Okay, so okay, <laughs> let me get this straight. I'm pretty sure cats don't be like, "What's for dinner?" You like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that that yeah, is yeah. very explicitly sexual. There's no other way to read that. You gotta send me this link because I have to see this for myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, I have so many thoughts on this. Just slightly off off of that topic, but uh, so SME artists also have this bubble. I think it's bubble, but they might have their own version of it. I don't know. I'm not paying for these things, so I really don't care. But apparently fans of EXO were pissed because Dio and Jumin do not use it and they don't send messages. <laughs> I was like, did you expect for Dio, Dio, who doesn't even look like he wants to talk to people most of the time, to be on bubble sending you messages and just being like, I love you. Yeah, you know, what? you're my friend, you're, you're my favorite fans or whatever. Yeah. So basically, Felix just likes cats. While you're reading that, like Felix just likes cats and has spoken about wanting them and what animal he would be in the next life, which is a cat. So he's just speaking about his room decoration and silk PJs plus plus a blanket he's recently bought. And so Yes. So basically, I mean, it is suspect because it is from a YouTube video. And also, I don't have bubble, so I don't really know what Felix is writing to these people. But also, it's <laughs> the whole thing, what you just said about what do you want for dinner? What are you eating for dinner? You know, you like that's not something that a cat would say. That is just absolutely not something a cat would say at <laughs> so... all. And then that's, and also too, I don't know, like cats are very, cats are, I don't know how to explain it, but cats are the type of animals where they don't really make a lot of sounds either. So the whole kissing and moaning shit, that's not things cats do. Like that's not normal cat behavior. It really (laughs) absolutely is not. I feel like the rest of the stuff you could kind of try to make an argument like, okay, like the leather strap. I Well, at the same time though, I don't really know any cats that have leashes. And collars. That does use like a leash and a collar a for hers. So yeah. Okay. So but that is something that does exist. I so I feel though that's when I when I got to that I was like, whoa, sir. I know that yeah. you're the guy with the that everybody like all the ladies are crazy about, but whoa, <laughs> that was doing a bit too much in my opinion. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I'm one of those people who feel like idols have a lot of 
power in the fan relationship. And it's just, just be careful. I don't, you know, I don't care if idols are trying to hook up with their fans necessarily. Yeah. It just depends, right? A lot of the time, because I do feel like sometimes idols take advantage of the, the fact that they are like in a position of power. Yeah. And they hurt people. Not saying this is what Felix is doing. I don't I don't think that at all. I just think this yeah. was just a weird, like it's yeah. a weird exchange. And like, yeah, I don't know. It, good for him, I guess. It's very strange. <laughs> I yes. don't I, and, and when I say it's very strange, I'm not trying to make it seem like he's cringy or a bad guy. I mean, it is kind of cringy, or I'm not trying to make someone he's like a bad guy or anything. I'm just no. saying it's just you know, not something you hear a lot and I'm happy he's living his life. If this makes him happy, sure. And as long as he's not hurting anybody, I don't see, I don't know. I'm reading the netizen comments and I'm not, the netizens are very upset with him. I do think one of the comments is really funny says, do you guys really think foreigners go around talking about sex all the time? The desperate shields are making me tear up in laughter. I guess because people are saying, oh, like he's Australian. That's why he's doing this. Australians are the least sexy people on this planet. I'm sorry, guys. I just don't feel it. I, I, okay. Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Kind of hot. The opinions expressed by Nat are solely those (laughs) Nat. I have no dog in this fight. I have no comment on this. I just think it is hilarious that they are blaming his Australianness for his hypersexuality. Yeah, like call it that. You think about Australia, you think about kangaroos and, (laughs) you know, the Australian Open. You don't think about sex bubble messages being sent to people. It's it's, it's not a place that you think of like sexiness. Yeah, like that's what I mean. It's I'm sure there are very hot Australians, guys. I'm pretty sure there are probably some very hot Australians who are not Hemsworths, but it's just not the image that people have. I'm sorry. So that's why yeah. this whole thing, blaming it on being a cat and blaming it on his his being from Australia. I don't know. It's just really strange to me. And like, it's like, even if it was because he's Australian, this man is, one, still Korean. And two, yes. he, he's he been in Korea for a very long time. It's not like he just got to Korea yesterday. So I don't know what that was supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, fan shielding and is something that will always happen regardless of if what they've done is actually that bad. So yes. Yeah, somebody said, hold on, somebody yeah. said, I just have to read this. I'm a Stray Kids fan and Youngbok used to live abroad. So I think he didn't think of these messages would be problematic. I just hope he's more careful in the future and that someone educates him on the differences between Australian and Korean culture. I don't think anybody in Australia would think this is normal. Like, this is not think- Australian culture. What are you even talking about? <laughs> girl (laughs) girl yes so let's yeah so from this to something that also was really funny uh somi accidentally leaked something in quotes blackpink related on ig so basically jean somi was from the black label which is a subsidiary of yge she was on Instagram and I guess she was around the studio and she opened the door and some music was playing and people could hear Jenny's voice. So, and then she sort of had the deer in headlights look on her face, like she fucked up. And so there was a lot of people who were like, oh my God, this means Blackpink is coming back, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, we already knew Blackpink was coming back because YGE put out its, um, its financial statements, its reports, and they said that they would be coming back in the second half of this year. So 
I personally think it's a lie. I will not believe that Blackpink is coming back until Blackpink actually has a teaser up with a date. That's the only way that I will believe on Beyonce's internet that this is going to happen. Because we know that Blackpink basically are models at this point. I mean, they just released some merchandise the other day. None of it was music related. They, Lisa released a photo book. They released some sort of fan book of some sort, or I don't even know what it was, but none of it was music. Okay. So the last time we got music, and I put that in quotes, was Lalisa. Okay. That's the last time we got any music from a member of Blackpink. And the last time before that we had group music was with the album with Lovesick Girls. So yeah, mm. I just, I don't believe it. I, I I will need actual dates and times and, you know, a trailer, at least a music video trailer. But it was actually pretty funny watching it and watching fans sort of delete the video as well too, or try to delete the video. You know, nothing dies on the internet when this happens. So yeah, everybody, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are excited for Blackpink to come back. I am kind of one of them. I, I do enjoy Blackpink's music. So we'll see how that sort of turns out. In other news, Sunmi is going into NFTs. Everybody basically in K-pop. Uh, I'm like literally exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's, I mean, it's not just that NFTs are basically scams. It's the fact that they're really bad for the environment that has a lot of people against them because I mean it is kind of like I don't know if it's a pyramid scheme, but it's kind of similar to one. So basically, Sunmi decided that their her company through her company there's going to be a Sun Sunmiya Club, which was issued in February, and basically it was a project that was created to allow Sunmi's upcoming music and characters to exist in a more diverse space to remember and not forget the love and enthusiastic support from our fans and our artists who have built a unique character through her career. So basically it's going to be done through the metaverse, which I also, I hate it. Oh, I hate it so much. This is getting worse the more you talk about it. Yes. Uh, so we, they're basically are, they're preparing a mid to long term plan solely for Mia Nay, and we'll share the news as soon as possible through a Sun Mia Club NFT roadmap. And basically they're looking like they basically don't have any real plans so far on what exactly they're going to do, but they are definitely are saying that they're, you know, the end of this, this statement, it was basically the same sort of K-pop chick that they give, uh, you know, to kind of guilt fans <laughs> into like supporting shit, even if they don't want to, because as we support Sunmi's original creativity and progress, progressiveness yeah walking along her unique path together we kindly ask for your continuous love and support in our artists future and performances so that happened people were not happy on the internet literally people were not happy i think it's also because suddenly has a lot of older fans because of you know the fact that she's from a pioneer generation group so a lot of her fans are old enough to not want this and to say that they don't want this and that they will not support it so Basically, there's a significant pushback from the fans about just NFTs in general and just her doing this. So Sunmi put out a, a statement about the message of her, what she wants to do. And she said, you know, in the first part of her message, she's always told us, she says that she's making music for us. 
she worries and thinks a lot about her decisions every time. It, but it happens sometimes that she ends up hurting us and some of us might be disappointed, which is, I honestly, I think it's psychological games that K-pop companies play, you know, on the guilt. And especially when they use words like disappointment, it's like your parents saying, I'm not mad at you. I'm disappointed. You know, I feel like it has that kind mm-hmm. of same appeal. And then basically with that said, this was a day full of feelings and it was hard. As you said earlier, if you're still hurt and then we welcome and accept it, this might take time because everyone has their own reactions and we don't want any Miani, which is her fans, to feel guilty or excluded. At the same time, we encourage Miani to be loud in their love for Mia if they were able to get past that hurt more quickly. And so we put out and oh sorry, sorry. So that was like a paraphrasing of her um, message. And I think that based on the paraphrasing that had happened. Yes. So basically she said, I think in terms of all the paraphrasing that was happening, because I have not seen the direct translation. The most important thing that stuck out was that she thought this would be a good, but ended up hurting us. So she can understand if we're hurt and tired. And it's okay if we leave because of that. But if we miss her and then we can come back because she's still there on stage for us. So I thought it was kind of interesting that she was basically, if you don't like the NFTs, you can go. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to keep doing my thing, but you can go. Because I feel like a lot of idols would not say that. A lot of idols would kind of keep up with the psychological gaslighting until people, Mm -hmm. until the rest of the fandom bullied people into agreeing. Sort of like with what happened kind of with BTS and Permission to Dance. And how a lot of armies were like, this is a shit song. And then the other fans were like, how dare you? If you don't like it, you're not a true army. Get out. You know, I, I think right. that was kind of what I was expecting. But Sunny was literally, well, if you don't like it, you can go. Yeah. Ash, and do you I have a take on, do you have a take on Sunny's NFT? Hey, everybody. I just want to say that I'm coming in in the middle of this podcast because... <laughs> <laughs> of due to family not emergencies but just circumstances so but everything's okay i just let you guys know that's why i was not here from the beginning as far as send me send me send me oh i'm sorry send me yeah it's disappointing that that she is involved with the nft grifting scam i will continue to call it that because that's what it is and but her re- her response to people calling her out on it, I'm not surprised because she is, you know, in her post, you know, Gashina, just the way her persona, you know, how she's kind of decided to just, she's decided to present herself in the K-pop world is just to be very honest and blunt and, you know, about things and her fans Typically, that is what her fans really, you know, love, love her for. But unfortunately, it extends to issues like this. So I'm not surprised that she was like, if you don't like it, don't care. You know, I hope that eventually, you know, I, I understand, you know, there are a lot of celebrities that are involved in this thing that people would otherwise yeah, I saw a lot of people were disappointed that Brie Larson from Captain Marvel, who who plays Captain Marvel, is also endorsing EFTs along with a lot of other celebrities. And my under the way I, I think that a lot of it is because 
honestly, from their end of it, of the take, it really, you know, they are, are standing to benefit more from this kind of thing than the average person, right? It's your typical pyramid scheme of the person at the top gets the biggest take and then everyone else, the persons that are, I guess, buying or submitting the EFT, NFTs, EFTs, NFTs, are, you know, the people that, you know, are not huge millionaire, big celebrity, you know, famous, influential, influential people are the ones that are probably going to lose out in the end. So on that end, I can see why they would endorse it because it's all about making money for them. A lot of them make money just for saying they like NFTs or promoting them. So in that way, I can understand. But at the same time, I do think it's irresponsible. I don't know if for some people it's just not understanding or being ignorant of the issues that they pose or just not caring. In Sunmi's case, I hope maybe it is the former and not the latter, but you know, that's hard to know. So they're scam people. They're a scam. <laughs> but you know what? I do I will say that as I said before, I think that the pushback for Sunmi is a lot more loud because her the age of her fans and the age of her fan base. There are a lot of people who are older and we really have the experience to be like, nah, girl, no thanks. So <laughs> I think that's the difference between when Blackpink started, when YGE announced they were going into NFTs with Blackpink. And even Top in his interview is going into NFTs. He's going to have like, he's going to work with an artist and they're going to do some something with NFTs. And I, I'm pretty sure Hybe is also into NFTs as well. There's so many people in the K-pop world who are into NFTs at this point that it's it's a smaller list of people who are not. So it's not just people, it's not just that we're here to shit on, you know, Sunmi, because that's not the case. I love Sunmi. I will always love Sunmi, but this is irresponsible. We are literally in the still in the midst of a panorama, a war that people keep saying is gonna lead to World War Three. I'm I'm not convinced, but you know, it's happening. And then, you know, climate change is very, very real. <laughs> and NFTs are so bad for the environment. And for what? So you could own a piece of a paper, a piece of paper that has a picture of, I don't know, the Maca the Pica a Pica uh, sorry, a Picasso words, a Picasso on it that says you own it, but you actually don't own the Picasso, you just own that piece of paper. Exactly. Exactly. And the only person that's going to make any money off of it, if they will, are the people at the top of the scheme that have already invested money in the thing. Or, I mean, a lot of these people have been making money already and people haven't even really been buying into NFTs really thus thus far. So it's really just a a scam to make these people even more money. (laughs) Yeah. And I think there's a lot of legal and moral issues because literally, because you don't own the thing, you literally could just take a picture of anything and be like, I'm going to sell this NFT. Yeah. People have been stealing people's artwork from Google and and minting it into NFTs or people selling just people's art from anywhere. People have been selling, taking people's YouTube, pictures of people's YouTube channels and selling that is an NFT. I don't know how that works, but they've been doing that. Somebody could take a picture of our podcast and sell it as an NFT. We couldn't do jack shit about it, likely. Yeah. So it's just... 
it's crazy. So yes, it's not just suddenly there's a big problem the world over. And because it's such a quick cash grab from people with loyal fan bases, they're going to take advantage of it because K-pop is not here about to, to make good music. It's here to make money for these companies. And so that's them just doing what they're supposed to be doing, unfortunately. And us as fans, we really do have to stand up and say, no, this is enough. I'm, I love Top, but I'm not buying any Top Top and whatever that artist's name is, NFTs. Like, And sadly, I can see Top. I think he's an intelligent man, but yeah. with his love of art, Yes. I can see someone suckering him into thinking that this is some kind of like uh, transformative field for artwork, you know, the way some people are making it seem. No, it's 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 stealing and grifting and it's yes. shit. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that is the story on Sunmi. So up next, we have the Korean Music Awards 2022 recently announced their list of winners and i thought it was really interesting that they separate pop from (laughs) k-pop because i feel like a lot of places in korea don't actually do that they literally just have k-pop as the default but it's so it was kind of interesting that they did separate it so i guess the notable awards were artists of the year for bts who had no Korean music, mind you, but were Artists of the Year. Uh, Song of the Year was Espa's Next Level. And Espa also won for Rookie of the Year and for Best K-Pop Song with Next Level. Best K-Pop al- Album was Chunga for Quirincia. And the best K-pop, sorry, the best pop song was Akmu featuring IU for Naka. And the best pop song was IU for Lilac. So. I did think it was kind of interesting that once again, BTS won for Artist of the Year without releasing any Korean music. All of the acclaim that they received last year were for their English songs and their best of album in Japan. That's it. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I kind of am mixed about it, but what I guess, you know, this is, one of the more prestigious Korean awards shows because it is voted on by the nominees and the winners are chosen by critics and judges rather than by popular vote, which we are very much used to. And so a lot of people see it as the Korean Grammys. But yeah, as I said, it is kind of interesting. I, I, I thought that, you know, the Artist of the Year did not do anything really in Korea, not even a tour, but this is who they decided to go with. Any thoughts on that? I mean, I'm not really surprised. I mean, BTS is hooked up with the Korean government. And what I, if I'm not surprised, I don't know if you guys talked about it, but they are, they have, or they are voting for their next president at the moment. Yes. That's why some of the dramas are not airing this week because, or, and then the weekend, because the elections are coming up and it looks like it's a shit show basically from what i've seen a lot of misogyny yeah a lot yeah. of pandering to right wingers i mean i feel like korea is just a reflection of what goes on over here so it's the same kind of bullshit that we have to put up with which is what they're putting up with as well and it's interesting to me thinking about with everything about bts being ambassadors and representing korea and this and this and this and if they end up with a conservative government with all this shit that they're 
their uh, presidential candidate has been saying about abolishing anything in the government having to do with women's rights and affirmative action and just anything having to do with gender, basically helping women, you know, secede on an equal footing with men. I wonder, I just wonder about that, how that may come up. (laughs) I, you know, it may not come up at all, you know, but I just, you know, that's the kind of thing I feel like people were afraid of once, you know, BTS became, you know, started walking out with the president and doing this and that and going to the UN. Because once you get hooked up with politics and things like that, and we all know that I don't think these guys stood up and and volunteered for that job. It it makes, it takes things to a, a different level. And on that end, you kind of have to toe the line, right? So if shit goes down in your country and, you know, you know, your government's doing this and that, all of a sudden you're representing the government and people are asking you questions about how you stand on things. So I think a lot of it is just BTS being very Korea's representative boy band at the moment and very much how well they're doing over in the West is kind of informing awards like this. I'm not saying, I mean, in my opinion, I still wouldn't have judged in that manner, but yeah, it's possible. Maybe they thought it was, you know, exemplary pop music, but I think it's very much having to do with, with how, with their success overseas. But I don't know if that'll come back to bite them in the butt with everything going on. Well, I mean, (laughs) you have two people who are like neck and neck for um, the presidency, conservative candidate, Mr. Yoon and his liberal rival, Lee Jae-myung. And basically, Mr. Lee's Democratic Party has seen a number of high-profile sexual harassment scandals with the mayor of Busan sent to prison for sexual assault. And Mr. Yoon of the People's Power Party has made abolishing the Ministry of Gender Equality and Family a central pledge of his campaign. Count to the fact that there actually isn't anything like affirmative action in Korea and the anti-discrimination policy that have people have been trying to push for years has never come to fruition and the growing amount of anti-feminist sort of witch hunt that goes on and the fact that they bully everybody who is not you know sort of conforming to what they believe is the ideal in Korea I I personally Korea is very liberal in some sense that it's not under a total dictatorship but it does like I if somebody said that it was very different from China, I would say that's probably false. Yeah. And values culturally. Yeah. I, I think. feel like they're very similar in terms of their views on women and their views on outsiders or foreigners. And I feel like there is a push to go back to the good old days when women had no rights. And it's not that men treated them better. It's just that they had no rights. So, well, yeah, and I was listening to NPR today and they were talking about how supposedly from interviews they've done that a lot of Korean men, and this, you know, sounds familiar for Black women. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, are afraid of the gains that independent Korean women are making in society and afraid that they will lose their jobs and or say they are losing their jobs and losing their opportunities to women who are taking their jobs. 
<laughs> because they are not staying in the kitchen. And it's just really, I, you know, I think people get lulled with, with all this stuff, with K-dramas, with K-pop into this thing of, oh, Korean men, they're so much more emotional and they're in touch with their feminine side. And, oh, isn't it great that they can allow themselves to wear makeup and be androgynous and interpret that as some kind of like gender inclusivity or, you know, sex inclusivity. And I just... You know, with things going on right now, I don't know if people are just blind to it or they're just ignorant because this is something that's been going on for a while. I mean, you've seen I mean, there's been stuff is leaked into the K-pop world where numerous K-pop female stars have been uh, targeted because of supposedly or implicitly or explicitly supporting feminist views. So I just it's hard for me for people to see people fall into that. And not realize that, yeah, your oppas that, you know, say they wear, you know, that wear makeup and color their hair and say, I love you, go forever and talk about romance and da, da, da. a lot of them. I mean, I would guess since, I mean, if we're looking at pure, you know, likely, you know, averages here probably buy into this shit, this meninist shit. So, oh, I mean, because it's a cultural thing. So it's likely that a lot of them think that way. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. Okay, so Hybe and Geffen slash Yoonji announced on new on-site and online additions for their upcoming U.S.-based global girl group. So it's happening, guys. They're going to be on tour in San- SJ is what? San Jose? I don't know. I'm not American. I'm sorry. <laughs> Houston, Dallas, NYC, and L.A., and they SJ going- is a very weird. I've never SJ. Oh, maybe it's a typo. San Juan. When, you go, to, when you go to the next screen, it says Santa Clara. So I think that's a typo. Why do they have a typo on their ad? Okay, sure. Yeah, it's Santa Clara, basically. Sorry, and <laughs> the cities that I mentioned. <laughs> oh, so here's something interesting. It says the ele- for the eligibility. It says she. Her, them. Yeah, I noticed that. So it did have, mm. yeah, and it's um, 15 to 19. And if you're an EU resident, it's 16 to 19. And the categories are singing one song a cappella, rapping one song a cappella, and dancing freestyle. Okay, so what I'm confused why EU residents have a higher age range. I don't know either. <laughs> it's like different by a year as well. So it's not that significantly different, but. It is. I don't know. That's very strange. Maybe it's a, maybe it's something that we don't know about the law for minors out there. Oh, mm-hmm. that would make sense. What love? Maybe work. You know, regulations and stuff. Okay. Well, I looked at the eligibility too, and the she heard them is very interesting, but. I guess what I'm confused by is is the eligibility that your pronouns just have to be she heard them. Or like, I, I wonder. That- I yeah, I wonder how. I honestly wonder how inclusive this is. If they're just doing it to be, 
yeah, okay, we got to put that there to include everybody. But if they're actually, if they would understand that that would be including people that are non-binary or, 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 you know, just don't, you know, identify with anything. I don't, it's hard to say because I, I, you know, I don't want to say that they wouldn't include people that don't fall into, you know, cis, heteronormative, you know, you know, gender lines, but it's kind of weird how they see i don't even think that i don't even think that's necessarily good i just think it's interesting i just think Mm. it's something i've never really seen usually i guess and and yeah that it is a way to be more inclusive because usually you just say see you know 15 and 18 year old males right like you see something very much like that so you know this is interesting and it makes me wonder Um, with hype it's hard to tell because they pander so much i mean i would hope that they wouldn't be pandering in this way so it remains to be seen, I guess, whether they're really sincere about that. Well, another thing is I'm on the website in the FAQ, and one of the questions is, are there any restrictions based on nationality or ethnicity? And the answer is there are no, in capital letters, no, restrictions based on the applicant's nationality, ethnicity, and religion. Everyone is free to apply for the audition. But I would be very surprised if certain restrictions were available for who could actually, you know, go farther than the audition. Absolutely. I'm sure there are a lot of steps to that final main judges panel. Normani could audition, but Normani will not be in this group. You can almost guarantee that. I feel like, I feel like this is just going to be a K-pop group Mm. that is not in Korea. And and with that, basically anybody who is any race, but basically anybody who is not white, Asian, or half white, half Asian, and by Asian, I mean East Asian, mm-hmm. I don't really see any of those demographics. I feel like if they do drop anyone into this group, yeah. I would be very shocked. I mean, I would be interested to be coming wrong. I feel like if anybody that is not in any of those groups makes it makes it in there, they will probably be mixed or very light skinned. I agree. And they will definitely be the rapper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Abs- like Alex was in Rania. Yes. She'll just be sitting and standing in a corner while everyone's dancing, do her part and then go back to the corner. That's literally what I'm expecting. I think there's supposed to be so many of these global auditions and or audition shows and I just really cannot fathom anybody black being on any in any of these final lineups. I could see them doing it for NCT Hollywood. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I I actually could see that less half so half a day, but I feel with like for ha- yeah. But for because I feel like with with Korean people especially. I think, honestly, they're threatened by, I don't know, not me that threatened is not the right word. But whenever you see Black people come on these Korean shows and they sing and dance and they just look like they have these bases of awe, like, how can you do that? You know, people that can, you know, people that come on there and can sing and dance really well. And I don't know, I feel like if somebody was on there, the typical Black guy that can sing and dance well, it would be, I don't know, some, I think they see that as a threat almost. I don't know. Maybe I'm misinterpreting. I'm going to let Nat handle that one. <laughs> I don't, I honestly, I just, I don't know. 
I don't know what the problem is outside of straight out racism, to be quite honest. I'm black, but consuming black culture to the extent that you literally anything that you see black people doing, you have to flock to. It's kind of giving obsession and weirdness. But I honestly don't know. I mean, I'm still waiting for these shows to come on so I have a better idea of what exactly is happening and what they're trying to do with these things. Because once again, if it's a Korean group with Korean Americans and or maybe Southeast Asian Americans, then you know, you can keep it. Okay. I could watch produce, you know? But if this is really aiming to get a diverse group like Boys World, remember that group? I kind of feel like that could be a, a game changer, <laughs> but we don't know. We we really don't know because they keep saying they want to do these things, but what nothing's happened yet. I and unfortunately, yeah. I could see them really pandering, especially in the beginning with all of these worldwide auditions and probably showing all the people there are auditioning. And look how many people from all these different countries and da, da, da came just to be a part of Hive. And then I can almost guarantee that the like, final lineup is, is going to be nothing like that. So, yeah, no, I mean, we'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll see when the auditions open up and what people are saying about getting in. Because, I mean, people will definitely be online letting us know if they've gotten in. So, um, it's the training period. So, we'll see when, when that happens, what their idea of diversity looks like. Okay, so the next topic is about K-pop bands that were the most tweeted about in 2021. And also the countries that K-pop fans tweeted, um, sorry, which countries K-pop fans tweeted the most. So Twitter saw more than 7.8 billion engagements with K-culture last year, driven by the ongoing global fascination with K-pop and K-drama. The top acts mentioned were BTS, NCT, Hypen, EXO, and Blackpink. And Twitter users in Indonesia and the Philippines tweeted the most about K-culture. So there's a breakdown about, and there's many breakdowns actually. I really liked this article. It's on SCMP by Tamar. In. And there was a lot of really inf interesting information about countries that, you know, the breakdown of who their favorite idol groups were and just the countries that tweeted the most. So countries tweeting the most about K-pop were Indonesia, the Philippines, South Korea, Thailand, and then the United States. And there are some really big markets in here, though. Brazil was at number eight and India was at number nine. Canada was number 20. Yay, we made it. <laughs> and a lot of these countries are Asian countries, South American countries. And I believe, wait, no, Turkey's in, in Asia, right? So yeah, they were basically just Asian countries and South, South American, Central American. And then you had United States and Canada there. Oh, France. France made the list. It was number 18. But... It seems maybe white majority countries <laughs> are not, you know, on on this list as much outside of the three, which is United States, Canada, and France. And then they they did a breakdown of K-pop fans, which is kind of similar, so I'm gonna skip that. But the most tweeted about K-pop artists globally was really interesting. So BTS is number one. I don't think anybody was surprised, shocked, concerned. You know, it is what it is. I thought in Hypen at number three was really interesting. No, I feel, no, I have to disagree with that. Well, I feel like they are. Talks, right? No, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not like regularly on TikTok, but I feel like 
even on Twitter, they're always trending. Their stands really? are. I feel like I feel like you know what happened. Their stands like. I feel like a lot of in hyphen stands are kind of fair weather stands, and those tend to be the stands that go very very hard for a period of time. Until yeah. the next new thing comes along, because it's like the same group, you know, when we talk about how all these armies who suddenly became MOA and then yeah. all of these MOA who suddenly became whatever in high pitch stands are. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's 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 like a company stand, basically. So uh, they tend to have the most fervor for these short bursts of time. So I'm not very shocked by that at all. And I feel like they are very, very extremely popular. I honestly feel like in hyphen's popularity is a large part of the reason why some of these other boy groups are getting kind of thrown to the wayside in many ways mm, like a lot like of 18. boy groups in their same generation yeah because it's a similar concept so yeah no i get that and even treasure treasure was number seven on this list but i feel like in hyphen has completely overshadowed treasure um, oh for recently. sure and so who's number two? If BTS is number one, who's number two? In citizens, y'all. I feel like, <laughs> like in citizens are in their own little bubble because I literally never see NCT trending. So it, uh, it must be like these little pockets of in citizens. I feel like that that is one fandom that is very fractured as well. Not just because you know you have one two seven, you have dream. like dream wavy. Yeah. Not only just because of that, but also like in citizens just are very much like. What's the word? They, I feel like they stay with their same. They're staying their own lane in many ways. Mm, like I see what you mean. A lot of there's a lot of drama within the incident community, but I feel like it rarely spills outside of that community. But I guess that's what happens when you have 23 different people to focus on. Yeah, and you know, fans are about lines and screen time and things like that. So I feel like regardless of the other subunits, there was always going to be some sort of discord within there just because of that. So interesting enough, out of, this list is about the top 20 groups. Only one, two, three, four, five of them are girl groups. A Blackpink at number five. We have Twice at number 11. We have Espa at number 14. We have Itzy at 16 and Red Velvet at 19. And in terms of other things that I thought was really interesting about this, God 7 was at number 12. God 7 hasn't had a comeback since 2020. So I thought that was really interesting. And then on top of that, Shiny. Oh, actually, I think it is Shiny. I don't know why they use the the GIF or sorry, the um, avatar that says Minnow's name, because I thought it was just Minnow that was on here. Mm -hmm. But it looks like Shiny is number 20. So it is the group. Okay. Now that, that is actually something I am shocked by. Yeah. Because... I do feel like Shiny is definitely a group where their fans are very, they just don't talk a lot on social media. A lot of Shiny fans, and they're always talking about Shiny. I'm glad, <laughs> well, I'm glad you follow all 12 Shiny fans who are on Twitter, because <laughs> I feel like there are no Shawals that are really mm. on Twitter like that. But I mean, Shiny has a lot of fans, obviously. I just don't think that I come across many of them on social media, and I like that. You know, being a shot wall myself, like I really like that just because it's, I don't know. It's whereas when you see these other groups like in hyphen stands, always trending stuff like big hit apologize to insert yes. member here. And I'm yes. like, I, I don't care about this man. Yes, no, I totally, totally agree. And I like that this article also talked about 
sort of the cyclical nature of it, where K-dramas enforce K-pop and then K-pop enforces K-dramas. An example they used was that BTS's V had a song for My Beloved Summer, or sorry, Our Beloved Summer. And so when people were talking about the drama, they also talked about him and BTS. Or when they talked about him and BTS, they talked about the drama. So that also sort of pushed a lot of the engagement for people who maybe are only K-dramas or only K-pop as well. And then it does a breakdown of the top 10 mentioned K-pop artists by country. And they did a whole bunch of countries. We're not going to get into it. Just know, BTS is at the top of every list. <laughs> like, I mean, they're the most, I mean, actually, except, except in Thailand, because NCT was at the top of that list. Okay, that is very, 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 well, you know what? Okay, I was going to say that's very, very, very shocking. And then I just thought about the fact that a lot of those trends, like viral trends that I saw on Thai TikTok, were people dancing to NCT's Kick It when it first came out and mm-hmm. Make a Wish and like those songs. So that in a way, that's not that shocking. Yes. Um, and I think, too, that like with Thailand, there's a focus. Well, it seems like there's a fo- bit of a focus on groups that have Thai members. So NCT has 10. GOT7 has Bam Bam. GOT7 was number three. Blackpink has Lisa. That was number four. And so maybe that could also have been a bit of a push for them. In terms of girl groups, girl groups like Blackpink were pretty much the top girl group in a lot of these cases. But a lot of these countries either had very little um, engagement with girl groups. Like Indonesia, Blackpink was number 10. In the Philippines, they had two girl groups, Blackpink and Twice, and they're like three See, and seven. So I, I want to comment and say yeah. this. I really feel from my experiences looking at tweets that come from, you know, Filipino fans, basically Southeast Asian fans, mm-hmm. is Thailand seems to be more so, like you were saying earlier, loyal based on how many Thai people or if any are in the group. <laughs> yes. Whereas I find that in the, from what I've seen from Filipino fans, I feel like they are the loudest fan base. Them and South American fans are the loudest K-pop fans on Twitter and white armies. <laughs> um, shit, actually, black armies too. Yeah, pretty yeah. much American armies and then those fans. So for what I noticed, I feel like they feed very heavily into the idol fantasy Mm, more than other demographics i've noticed and it could be because a lot of the people that i have noticed from those countries who are k-pop fans tend to be also pretty young i'm talking like young adult teenage older teenager young adult so 17 18 those kind of age ranges and i think that that is the age where people tend to be more so there for oh i'm attracted to this person rather than any other reason which again nothing wrong with that it's just i feel like if we want to kind of unpack maybe why boy groups are more popular in certain places i do think that they're from what i've noticed anecdotally not trying to paint the whole country with a broad stroke i do feel there is more of a focus on the aesthetic and on the idol aspect that korea has been successfully selling to the rest of asia Mm, (laughs) that i feel like korea maybe is not that successful as selling idol fantasy in a lot of for example i feel like a place like france it will be really hard to sell idol fantasy because of the difference in culture and how relationships are approached. Whereas in places with more conservative, you know, boys and girls don't really interact, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you're a heterosexual girl in, in a country where boys and girls, it's not a part of the culture to interact in such an intimate way, 
you know, whereas I feel like, for example, in Western cultures, it's very normal to have heavy skinship between members of the opposite sex, you know, yes. or, you know, whereas I feel like in, from what I know and from what I've heard from even speaking with my Korean friends, that is not normal. Yeah. The way you would see a, an average American girl hugging on her male best friend, you will never see that in Korea. That's just not normal outside of a relationship. And I would assume that that would extend to other Asian countries just because the cultures do have a lot more similarities. So I, I, I hate, I'm sorry that I got so academic with this, but oh, no. I just thought that that was interesting because you can almost directly see how culture impacts the way that they consume content and who they consume it from. Yeah, no, I get that. I totally, I think it makes sense. And I think maybe we can do a mini sold on like, bro, I think we always say this, we want to do a mini sold on like boy groups versus girl groups and just how you market them and how you develop them and the music you put out. But I think it's something that would be really interesting sort of deep dive into because, yeah. you know, I, I'm a girl group stan and I know that if, especially if we could get Jay on, he's, he's specifically more into boy groups, I think. Mm-hmm. And whereas you are kind of whoever you like, you like kind of. So I think yep. it would be really interesting to kind of have that full discussion. I will just say, you know, anecdotal wise, like some other interesting things. Shiny was on this list once in South Korea, their ninth. Monster X was on the list once, I believe. And that was only in South Korea as well. South Korea actually had the most interesting list because they had the boys at number three. They had Itzy on the list. Itzy's not on any other list. They had Eyes One on the list. Eyes One is not on any other list. And they also had Monster X and Shiny on the list who are not on any other list as well. Well, Eyes One makes a whole lot of sense because that is literally, I feel, Korea's group. I feel like the way that they have been marketed since they came out was this is the nation's okay not the nation's girl group the way we talk about girls generation but this is you know like like it's a appeal very heavily to korea and that's where the focus of their activities are i've never heard of eyes one having a hugely successful world tour or something you know yeah like, yeah it's mostly korea and japan that they made their money and then also another interesting thing ATs is on every list except for the one for the philippines and Treasure's on that list, surprisingly, instead. And then I did check. God Seven's only on two lists. And the two lists that they're on, straight kids are not on. But all the other lists straight kids are on. It was very funny when I, was, when I noticed that pattern because I was like, wait, are people like, Louis, if I like God Seven, I can't like straight kids? Is that a thing? <laughs> I, 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 I know you're just joking, but I really don't think that's a thing. Though I do feel like this. I don't know if it's a conscious decision as much as it is a subconscious thing. It's like, if you like God Seven's music, nine times out of 10, you would hate straight kids music. It's so different. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I totally, I mean, you're, we did a review on it on straight kids. So yes. <laughs> yeah. Listen to that. If you haven't already like subscribed to our Patreon I would highly recommend, even if you just are there to listen to that episode about uh, Street Kids album. I mean, (laughs) I and you know, the thing is, is once again, like Hyunjin or whatever, or whoever was the one that was in the video with Bang Chan, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I apologize only to you. So, okay, well, I did. Sorry, I just noticed the the Japan one. And so Shiny is also on the Japan. The Japanese list, sorry. I know, because I mean, we know that they're super popular there. And they are number eight there. 
Also, Astro is on a couple of lists. And I did, I think I saw Monster X on one more list as well. Oh, but the biggest surprise, I think, to me was Luna. Luna was number 10 in Brazil. That was the only time a girl group that wasn't Itzy, Blackpink, or Twice were on a list. <laughs> so, and I won, obviously, but that was really interesting to me that they like were that um, popular. And Espa is also on a list, but I think they're only on one list, and that's in Thailand as well. They don't actually have any Thai that's members. Weird. Like Giselle is half Chinese, Japanese, half Korean, and Ningning is Chinese. So that was kind of interesting. Maybe it's Thailand's Japanese propaganda continuing. Remember, <laughs> I, remember how we there was a video of Thailand trying to convince Japanese people to vacation to in Thailand. Various. <laughs> it was very funny. It was like I don't know. I love watching those very light propaganda videos. They're just so funny to me. Ash, did you have anything that you thought was interesting about the piece or? Anything that you want to add? We talked way too long about that. But yes, Ash, do you have anything? <laughs> Lots of numbers. I love stats. Sorry. It was, <laughs> it was pretty interesting. I wasn't really surprised by a lot of it, except for Itzy ranking so high in Korea, considering they always seem like they're under, kind of forgotten <laughs> over there. But I guess people do like them. I It's kind of sad because I feel like they all they need is a really good song and they could blow up but you know jyp uh but yeah i i mean it was a, it's an interesting list and i wasn't surprised about brazil they're pretty into boy and girl groups just in general so i'm not surprised south asian countries are really into k-pop in general just kind of sad considering how they're usually treated but East Asian countries, but yes, they are very into the whole how you wave thing. I was also surprised by how high Twice ranked in the U.S. I know that they're trying, JYP starting to try and market them here, which I mean, may be good for the fan, their fan base. I don't know if it will go outside of that, but I was kind of surprised with that. Well, they just had a successful tour in the U.S., Mm-hmm. And last year they dropped their first official English single, right? Mm-hmm. The Feels. Mm-hmm. So I think that might have pushed up a lot of their engagements mm-hmm. because of the feels and because of the tour and things like that. I know, and also because Blackpink has been on radio silence as a group. So I think yeah. that really did open up the potential for girl groups, other girl groups to sort of kind of come in and, you know, stake their claim as well in, in the U.S., so I did think it was kind of interesting that there are no, it's, we see that the most tweeted countries are Indonesia and Philippines, but there are no Indonesian and Filipino idols. Like it's just Thailand <laughs> and like China and Hong Kong and Taiwan. That's it. So it is really interesting that they would support. I wonder, so Okay. Mm-hmm. That you just made me think about something. Sure. Ever since I've been getting into Thai entertainment heavily, I've also been kind of branching out to other Asian countries. And one thing I've noticed is in the media and what's what I've seen of what the beauty standard is and what's popular and what there's a lot of. One thing to say about Thailand, it's a very culturally or I don't know if I want to say ethnically or like racially, but there's a lot of admixture with like Han Chinese. So t- I find that Thai people on average that are in the media and are very prominent 
have looks that are more similar to like an East Asian, like a Northeast Asian ideal than mm. Philippines. Whereas Filipino people who are that I've seen in the popular culture tend to have a very like a much more indigenous look, darker skin and different features that are not that, that don't present as phenotypically similar to Korea in many yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. And I think I feel like when you think of it that way, which is such a messed up way to think of, think of it, but I feel like it kind of, I, cause at first I was like, why aren't there any idols from Philippines? And, but if you think about what K-pop is trying to sell, not yeah. that, not that I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's ever a good thing to try to sell basically white supremacy or in, in, a, in, in a, in a sense, white, right. Mm-hmm. But if you think about what they're trying to sell, it, it, disturbingly makes sense to as to why you don't necessarily see certain things it's messed up I'm not saying it's okay or anything I'm just saying it just dawned on me just now that a lot of Thai actors that I I am familiar with you know even the ones who do who might not look you know like they have Han Chinese like admixture Mm -hmm. a lot of them look very western and they don't look, and when I say Western, I basically mean like they have facial features that are more European than yeah. indigenous. And that I just have noticed that. And I wonder if that, if because that's the talent pool that they're picking from on purpose, you know, they're not looking for the more indigenous looking people. That, and we know this, right? We know. Well, interestingly, if one thing, I want to bring up is that if you've ever seen any pre-debut pictures of Lisa, yeah. she looks mm-hmm. quite a bit different. She's very high. Now. Yeah. yeah, she's a lot darker. Uh, she has a wider nose. Her she just looks a lot more like, like kind of what you just described, Demon. So it could also mm. be too if they you know, bring recruit people from any of these countries, they're going to have to conform anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's true. I I wonder too, how much in, in Lisa's case too, there was, I feel like there's always a lot of things. It's not just, okay, do Mm -hmm. you have the look? It's also, do you have something specific that we're going for? And also what company you're talking about? Because Mm -hmm. I do think YG in general tends to be a little bit more like, I don't know how to say this. I, I feel like talent is a huge focus at YG. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, was, was for sure. Whereas at other companies, I don't know that talent is the main, it's more so, like, I, I feel like there's a lot of companies where they will literally not even have non-Korean idols because yeah. it's about, are you actually Korean, right? Yeah. And, and so I wonder, I do think that, the, like I said, it is, there are differences in everything. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I do still think, though, on average, Lisa looks a lot closer to the ideal, the ideal than I think a lot of average everyday people, even in Thailand, but also in the Philippines who are on TV, right? Yeah. So it's hard to explain what I'm talking about, but if you compare even pre Lisa yeah. to the the like the average Filipino actor, the skin is noticeably darker than mm-hmm. Lisa's. 
like yeah. it, it, Lisa has bigger eyes, things like that. Mm. And I'm not saying I'm, these are not like judgment calls. I think I think, you know, there's beauty all over the place. I'm saying this as what I know Korea is looking for. And yeah. if Korea is like, we don't have to work as much on you as we would this other person to get you to look how we want you to look. And you have like a like another thing, too, is like, are you naturally skinny? That That's a big deal yeah. that people overlook. And yeah. if you look at certain countries like in Southeast Asia, it, there might be a higher obesity rate. Just little little things like that. Right. Mm hmm. I'm not saying that these are like, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to even paint these countries with broad strokes and say, all of these people don't look like this or whatever. Like, like, you know, what I, like if you look at a lot of these celebrities from Southeast Asia, the really popular ones, even in China as well, and Korea, a lot of them are biracial. Yeah. Like, like the, not, not the bad biracial, good biracial. And like, it's funny because like, you'll hear about people like Somi or whomever, if they grew up in Korea and they'll talk about how, oh, I was Part really, was I was, huh? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no. I was just, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but they'll talk about, oh, I was bullied and, and excluded and isolated. But then it's like, when it comes to media, you know, they're like praised. I, I don't get that cultural like response. Like, I it's think, like, yeah, I'm really confusing. I think so too. Sorry to cut you, but I was watching this thing on. Oh no, sorry, I was reading this article about. I didn't. I don't know if it was Pancho or what it was, but there's this article about monolids, and the question was, are monolids now in fashion? And you know, different Koreans had different opinions on it, and that's fine. That's a fish, like that's a physical characteristic, you know, for the most part. So I, it made me really think though about how when I watch K-pop rarely anybody has monoliths like everybody has gotten their eyes done to the point where a lot of people don't really look asian as much anymore <laughs> and so i feel like the new ideal is something that's not naturally attainable yeah and like, I, I don't i don't is, I, I feel like it's yeah. somewhere between like half white korean and anime like and anime it's, it's yeah i was about to say because <laughs> the eye shapes are definitely given sailor moon at characters more so than like real people and yeah. it's, there's this really weird even sunmi sun like not sunmi so me i don't know if it's her eye makeup but i saw a picture of her and she looked like she got her eyes done too and i was like why girl you, you look white. I was very confused about the picture and I was very confused in general because it it's it's literally like the new ideal in K-pop is not even like a human being. It's to look as close to anime and manga characters as much as you can. And it's, I really had to unfollow a lot of people because I was like, this is messing I mean, up. Like, right. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, if you're just doing the, if you're, company is forcing you to do this i hope you're able to get out of that or if you're just doing this to please other people i don't think that's healthy either i feel like there's just a lot to unpack with that topic but i just feel like i i just thought it was really interesting to you know maybe let's explore why you know thai idols are more likely or to be or chinese idols or japanese idols versus literally any other ethnic group like do you 
if I wanted, if I felt the desire to fix something about myself, not to say that I'm perfect, I'm not, but if I felt the desire to do it, I would just do it as well. So I'm not anti-plastic surgery at all, but I think that K-pop is going a bit too far with it. To the extent I think it's where, creating something that's so unrealistic that it's yes. actually dangerous to try to achieve. Yes. And especially if you don't have the money that these companies have to put, you know, it's kind of like these people trying to get a Kim Kardashian body. It's like the average person does not have the money that Kim Kardashian has to be able to get the best surgeons. So what's the trade off there? You know? Yeah. And on top of that, too, I, I just feel like there's something really uncanny about the way that people look right now. And not everybody, yeah. obviously, but there's something really strange. And because K-pop does have a lot of young fans, there is a lot of, it's, it's so easy to have people be, you know, have body dysmorphia and feel like they're fat when there's nothing wrong with them because they see these people uh, who literally starve themselves to the point where they look like they're skinny, but they're not. They're just starving themselves. One thing I want to add here is kind of tangential, but it, I think it makes a good point about just how extreme a lot of what these idols are doing is. I was, so I was watching this documentary on uh, Netflix and it was about this guy that was basically, oh, if you guys, you guys have heard of the Tinder Swindler? Yes. No. Okay, so it was about the Tinder Swindler. So basically, it was this guy that made these profiles on Tinder. And basically, it, everything was fake. His whole lifestyle was fake. He made himself off to be this super rich guy, jet-setting guy, and basically conned these women out of hundreds, thousands, millions of dollars. So this is an anecdote from one of the women that met up with him and the, the con artist. And they were going to... It was a Nordic country, so... Not a Nordic country. I think it was, oh my gosh, maybe maybe they were in Turkey or something. So not a Nordic country, but the guy was there and he was trying to get plastic surgery done because he was trying to change his features and stuff because he was being pursued by different people because of all the conning that he had done and all the money he had been stealing. And he asked this plastic surgery doctor to do all this stuff to his face, his eyes, his, you know, do a full face makeover. And the plastic surgery basically told him, I'm not going to do that. Only people that are trying to run away from the law change all the facial features on their face. <laughs> That's crazy. And the girl was like, That's true. <laughs> and I was like, You know, it's interesting that a Western country would look at somebody coming in and getting all these procedures as you're trying to run away from the law, aren't you? Mm. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yes. I mean, yeah. he, he swindled about 10 million from people around the world. That's yeah. impressive. Also scary, terrifying. And I don't know how people fell for it, but people are also buying NFTs. So here's where we are. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, no, we should definitely do. So those were the topics for today. We are going to get into our feature deep dive. And the group that we selected is Tempest. Tempest is a boy group under UA. Uh, entertainment. I hope I pronounced that properly. Probably not. The lineup currently consists of Hanbin, Kyungsook, Kyuk, Liu, or LEW, Rang, Unchen, <laughs> no, and Tae. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe, you know what? After the whole CIX thing, I'm just being careful, okay? Yeah, <laughs> very fair. So their debut date was postponed due to members testing positive for COVID 19. 
Their debut song called Bad News was released on March 2nd, 2022. The MV also already has 15 million views and they are actually doing a lot of promotion with Western media right off the gate the gate and so i did look up some of the members and one thing that was really really interesting was hanbin he is vietnamese and i have never heard of a vietnamese idol before so that was actually pretty interesting and it sounds like oh my god he's a he's adorable he he looks He's cute. He's, he's like a cutie. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely a cutie. And then on top of that, a lot of these members seem to have been on Produce or they were already known through dance crews. So that kind of explains why they already have sort of like a, in, like a built-in fan base. Like Hanbin already had a solo fan meeting called Hanbin 00% or 100%. I don't know. It's, it's an exclamation point where the one is supposed to be. Anyways, he had that in October 31st of 2020. So a lot, and one of the, one of these members, who's it? Kyungsook, he used to train with Yeonjun at Big Hit. So a lot of these members, (laughs) a lot of these members are actually already known in the industry. I think it's only the younger members that don't really have like as big of a a resume outside of Horang who trained at DSP with the Murray members. Interesting. So, so a couple comments real quick, just, you know, first impressions. I, I don't know if you're done yet. I just yeah, want to say this. Yeah. They all look like they are 12 years old. They look <laughs> so young. And it's like a combination of their makeup. One, the hairstyles it is really contributing to that, though. They all have these hairstyles of like young boys, They're like school boys. dressed full out like young boys. They do not yeah. look like men. And, and the crazy really thing funny. is, the oldest one is 23. Yeah, so <laughs> like one of the members born in 90, 98, which is kind of old for idols now, right? You're getting yeah, out to, there. Yeah, to debut, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hanbin. Hanbin is born in 98, and Kyungsook was born in 99. And then the leader was born in 2001. I mean, the youngest member is only born in 2002. So they're are pretty really tight. Yeah, they're, they're like the age where like... They're 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 the perfect, not the perfect, because to me, any age is perfect to be an idol, but they're not too young. But I I don't think that they would face resistance for being too old either, which is weird because usually um, groups debut way too young. So it's just so weird to see. Also, it looks like he had his Hanbin had his own Twitter that is now inactive because, you know, I guess they took over his life after. He was also on Island, the group that created in hyphen, in hypin. Sorry, I don't know. I automatically want to say in hyphen. Like I automatically want to say in hyphen, <laughs> even though I know it's in hypin. But yeah, I mean, if he had done, you know, if he had gotten further in this group in the show, sorry, he would have been in hyphen. Hmm. You know, so yeah, I mean, it would be very interesting. Well, I'm glad he didn't get further in the show because that means he I don't have to listen to in hyphen. I think he is adorable. I think in like I'm a support probably kind of way, which I did support because we at least me, I can't speak for anybody else, but I did listen to their was this their debut track? The debut song uh, Bad News. Yes, and I listened to it as well. (laughs) they are you know nat hates me probably for saying this but to me 
they are like got seven reincarnated they're like got seven with more energy reincarnated that would be the um, only place that they would sort of fit i think anyways yeah like it's not like hard carry got seven no. or like what's the last song they made it was like booty something Something last piece, last piece. No, the one, the one right before last piece. Breathe, breathe, breathe. I don't know why I thought this song was called Breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Something is wrong with me. I don't know why. You know, I have seen them pop up as being. Are they the next BTS? BTS. What? Yeah. Why is that? Why is that something people are saying? I'm very curious. This is so I don't know. I'm I don't see it. Confused. I don't. See, I mean, in that sense, anybody could possibly be the think, next BTS. Yeah. You know? But as far as like potential, I don't think you can. No, sorry, Ash. Oh, it's okay. I was just saying, as far as potential right now, I don't see it. I don't think you can. Um, I don't think you could have a group name like Tempest and be the next BTS. Like I, I think a lot of a lot of things that work with being becoming really popular really quickly are like easy name to remember is really yeah. really really important. There's a reason why I feel like a lot of we we I remember back in the day we used to roast K-pop group names because it would be stuff like Uptension. Like <laughs> you know, never be successful with that name. Like and then like like the I was a one and like zero was, <laughs> was like a zero like the O was a zero. So it's like up yeah or what what did your top's name stand for? It was like something convoluted. Honestly it's kind of like bulletproof Boy Scouts, weird for no reason. Let me see. Let me pull up Team Top because they did have. I feel like what helps BTS is their name sounds really cool in Korean. It's like if you don't speak any Korean, Bangtan Sonyeondan sounds really, really cool. Yeah. But if you speak Korean and you realize that means like bulletproof Boy Scouts, it's a bit okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Like, no wonder why y'all go by Beyond the Scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just stuff like that. Because if you think about the article we looked at about the most, like, tweeted about K-pop groups and stuff, almost all the groups are groups that have pretty simple, straightforward. I mean, GOT7 got seven members. Day6 had six members, changed to five. You know, it's very simple sort of names. So Teen Top is an acronym for Teenage Im- Emo boy, emotion next generation, talent, object, praise. And this <laughs> is where I retire. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> they they should have sued their company. But but back to Tempest. I, the, I don't really see the BTS comparison. It doesn't make sense yeah. in really any aspect of it to me. I do think they're talented in, in the sense of, okay, when I say talented, I do think that they have charisma. When I was watching the video they seemed very lively which is another thing that reminded me of god seven is just like this kind of chaotic energy you get off of them and they do have the look i think that they have the aesthetic to be very popular in korea it is very weird that they have a fandom name already their fans are called i Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, Most groups have fandom names before they even. I think that is nowadays. so inorganic. Like, yeah, that is, that is inorganic. But I did listen to bad news, and I walked away feeling while I really wasn't, you know, a fan of the song. I saw the potential. I see that they have something to look forward to in the future. Like, yes, the right track, even to their like. I feel like even to that concept, it was okay for them. You know what I mean? Um, for a first it, effort 
Yeah, for first ever. And I think if they tried to like get more into the GOT7 lane of not being quite like boyish, but also not being quite like grown man-ish, no offense, Nat. That was the lane that GOT7 pretty much occupied up until 2019. Yeah ish around there 2018 2019 it was like they kind of have this boyish charm but it's not a cute concept like dream it's just you know what it is it's like the it's like a fuckboy concept i mean by <laughs> all the rumors that is a fuckboy group and to be quite honest most groups at you know what's really funny actually 2pm is known as one of the sluttiest groups out there then got seven and now we have this felix thing with stray kids so they're just really yeah, following their <laughs> <laughs> I think Wait, maybe Jay was there for that. Oh, Felix has got some stuff out about him. I'll oh, look it up. You didn't see about the cat situation? <laughs> it is so strange, Ash. When you read it, it is so strange. Yeah. Well, no okay. offense to Felix, but... I mean, and you um, know what? He might have really been talking to his cat. So. His cat, yeah, and not to girls or women (laughs) i don't know chat but i think i do think that tempest should try to fill in they should try to become got seven i think that that's you know what we should start doing we should start doing like i don't know if you guys watch any sports but usually in sports whenever there's like a, a draft like let's say like the nba draft they have these scouts who try to predict like what a a given recruit ceiling might be so they might say oh yeah lebron james he has the potential to become like a michael jordan type player obviously they didn't say that about him but i'm saying i feel like we should start doing that when these new groups they have the potential to be like this type of level i think that they can fill in the hole that got seven has left i think that they should i can't wait to see them do things like variety because that's where the true test is going to be. God 7 is known for their variety. So if they can be funny and loud, but in a natural way, where it's not like they're trying, I think that they can truly take that very talented, mediocre music and, and very interesting and funny people. Well, I will say... I mean, no, I mean, not... Okay, I shouldn't say mediocre. I should say, like, JYP music. <laughs> I, I will like, say that God Seven like is not made mediocre music. It's not for okay. everybody. I don't but... want to say mediocre. I say mediocre <laughs> because when I average it out, right, it's like songs I really, really like, like Teenager and Booty. And <laughs> when, booty. I average those, <laughs> when I average those two songs out with something like, you know, Harkiri. Girls, Girls, Girls. Or Girls, Girls, Girls. <laughs> It, it's, you see what I'm saying, right? It has its own charm, okay? Not to say that I will ever like hard carry because I will never like hard carry, but um, <laughs> it does have its own charm, especially when you see the guys perform it because they are really all in and they must be exhausted. I would have passed out doing the choreo for that song. But for me, Tempest, Tempest is cute. I don't really feel anything remarkable, but I feel like a lot of these debut songs from a lot of these groups are not very remarkable. It's kind of what they do on the second or third track that kind of Mm -hmm. makes or break it for me. And I've noticed that a lot of the times, even with with Espa, I didn't like Black Mamba. I loved what came after. With Weekly, same. I think Stacey was the only group where from debut, I feel like they've only, Stereotype was kind of like, "Mm, not the greatest, but it wasn't a bad song. It wasn't like a miss at all. So it's a great song. But anyways, yeah, I, I just kind of feel like a lot of boy groups have very mediocre debut songs. 
Agreed. Because I, I think they're trying to all follow the same trend. Yes. Whereas that's why the, the, the that's why Tempest did stand out to me because I do feel like they're not following. They're not. They, it really wasn't a hardcore hip hop trend, and it, it also wasn't. wasn't like a. It wasn't too cute, and then also it wasn't a uh, freaking the trend that Two by Two started, which is like the rebel with the, you know so kind of it kind of like skateboard trend. Yeah, I think it kind of felt like old K-pop, where it was kind of just yeah. Like, in the between they had the rappers they had their singers but it was like they were really just there to i don't know have a good time they weren't trying to be too hard to hip-hop to rock to anything just sort of like in a happy place you know i don't know i really did like the video i thought it was really bright and fun and i feel like they do have a lot of potential and i'm really excited to for handbin just because you know I, as I said, I've never seen the Vietnamese idol. So I'm really kind of interested to see how that might change the game. Is he going to be the Nick of like 2 p.m.? Is that going to open the gates for other Vietnamese idols? Mm-hmm. And and also too, because they are doing so much promotion with Western media already right off the bat. It feels like they have all the things that you need to be very successful and to really climb to the top of the, the hierarchy. I mean, when I say top, I mean below BTS because BTS is you're going to climb on top of anytime soon. But I do feel like out of these new gen boy groups like in Hypen and Treasure and, you know, Kingdom and a lot of the other groups that we looked at as well, they could definitely give them a run for their money with the right song. I think that's all that's missing, yeah. like the right song. The right so, song. You know, really you know what's so funny? That. I made that whole fuss about how they weren't like following in um two by two footsteps with like the skateboard boy trend. But if you look in the video, there's like multiple scenes with them at a skate park with giant skateboards in the background. Though I will say that just because you show the symbolism, you have to commit to the skate life. Okay. <laughs> you have to really be like a, a grunge boy. Okay? You gotta be a skater boy. You gotta be what Apple yeah, was thinking about. Okay. You have like... to like be growling in your microphone. Okay. Like... <laughs> uh, Ash, what did you think Ash... about Tempest? I mean, I can see the potential more so with the with the kind of you said with the music kind of that that kind of like Jimin I think put it really well uh, in between kind of thing not quite not boys but not quite men theme and if they went with something sort of like just right yeah and like tone and concept I think there's not really I mean, if there is, I, I don't really have a huge scope of the guys right now, but I don't really think there's a lane for that. Right, There's not really anyone occupying that lane right now. Yeah. So I think that would be a good opportunity for them. And I, you know, I, my first thought was they're kind of bland looking, but, you know, I'll give them some leeway on that since they've just started and they've got a lot of time to grow into their you know, they're what looks they're comfortable with and their concepts and, and their roles in the group. I mean, they're a guy group, but, you know, they sing okay, they dance okay, they, you know, they're fairly attractive. So they'll definitely have fans. I think it just depends how big their fandom will actually be. Will it be decently small, decently medium sized, decently large or decently huge or huge <laughs> i think with boy groups you have you always start off decently at least well they but. have about 15 million views for their debut which song. is a that lot really that's six a days lot. ago 
want. Yeah. So I think that they are definitely going to be given with some of the top four gen groups a run for their money. You know, as we continue. Yeah, but not two by two because, you know, <laughs> talent, talent, man. Well, no, I'm, I, I'm really interested to see and to know, I guess, a little bit more about the guys. As I said, like they're doing a lot of interviews and promotions with the West. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how that translates to their fandom size and their popularity and just what people want to see. K-pop is... <laughs> It's always busy, guys. So <laughs> we'll Google definitely have more in, like interviews and like I haven't yeah. done that in a while with idols. Yeah. There was a period of time where I used to watch every uh, two by two variety and mm-hmm. every shiny interview. Yeah, I, I'm too old for that. I do not have the time for that. But I am going to Google his um, interviews just to see what what they have to offer and also what they have to offer outside of music, because as we know, uh, according to Bang Chan, music and singing live is like 1% of the jobs. <laughs> it's like the last sort of um, responsibility of an idol is yeah. the singing. I mean, not a priority. Sure. Well, before we go, I do want to mention that Top was on a magazine. Um, what was the name of the magazine? I actually totally forgot about it, but he gave his first interview since leaving YGE. Oh, I missed that. It was Prestige Hong Kong, and it's the March 2020 edition. I know this because I bought the digital copy. <laughs> and I mean, I saw the cost to buy the actual magazine and ship it out. It wasn't happening. So I bought this. It has some lovely pictures, but there's a lot of really infor- in, like interesting information in it. I'm not going to lie. It was very emotional when I was reading it. He talked about, he fully sat down and was like, I tried to commit suicide five years ago. And he talks about that time. He talks about Big Bang and how he's not, she's probably not going to be known as Top's Big Bang for a really long time. And he thought about that as well. Yeah. And he talked about art being so important and how, I guess, since the last time we saw him, he's been working on music nonstop. Like he's made 100 songs, he said. So we are going to be getting a full album from Top. And he also mentioned that after this song with Big Bang, it's it's going to be a hiatus, basically, from the group, which I think we all expected. And he also mentioned that he is looking, he is interested in starting a company and, you know, making his own idol group or idols and just basically focusing on like mental health because you know he's also he's he's struggled with it for most of his life and you know just trying to change the industry because it is very toxic and you know he's seen things that have really alarmed him and that he really wants to change he mentioned one thing i didn't like which was that he's going into nfts with a japanese artist but he's also coming out with wine he has just like his connections in France, I think, or Italy, I can't remember where, but he's basically looking to make affordable wine. And so I'm really excited for that. And it was just really great to hear from him and to hear about his his aspirations. And, you know, he he didn't really mince words about what went what happened in the past. As always, he's very honest, I think, in, in every interview, you know, he's just, you know, himself. And yeah, I I had to lay down after reading it, not going to lie. The idea of there not being a Big Bang <laughs> was not very, it, it, it's something that I, I personally am not sure I could live with, but you know, it, it, I'm happy because he's happy. And I uh, think that's like what a lot of fans are feeling at this time. 
you know, we're happy if Top is happy and he's very happy. He literally ends the article saying that he's so happy about where he is right now and what is coming. So I'm... I mean, I, I definitely think it's a very good read for anybody. Obviously, you know, people are already up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, the magazine was like $2.99 American, okay? Like, it was very cheap. <laughs> so I got the digital copy, and it's in high res, and I love it. I'm happy with it. It's fine. Don't make me spend money, Ned. Oh it's $2.99, no tax. <laughs> so, uh, oh, no. If you can afford a some of the day at some way you can buy this and I'm not trying to pressure you I'm just saying I know you love top more than I love top so I feel I feel like I'm surprised that you haven't heard of it and you haven't bought it I have been I haven't been on the I haven't been on the k-pop interwebs like I should but oh my gosh I am gonna have to read I'll send you the link in case you do want to think about it as I said it was it was a good interview it was very refreshing and yeah, I don't know. I just like, as I said, I really cannot imagine. Big Bang. I do want to mention this is yeah. more of a personal anecdote than anything, but I remember when everything with Top first went down. I had just gotten back home from South Korea when I heard about everything. And I remember just being like, oh, I remember just being really, it's weird because I, you know, for me, I'm able to put a certain amount of distance between myself and celebrities, but Mm -hmm. it was still kind of that thing of, I do like him. I think he's a good guy. He, especially with the whole situation that had happened before with the, you know, with the drugs and, you know, with what's her name. So So he, it was just very like, no, not him too. So that whole period of not even knowing what was going to happen and then all mm-hmm. of the misinformation that would have come out was coming out and being mistranslated and everything. Mistranslating at that. It was, yeah. yeah. I feel like that stuff would not happen now because there are too many sources for translations and too many people studying Korean to like be mm. bamboozled. I think, but I remember when things went down too. I actually was gonna give up K-pop right before that. I was like, "This this shit is racist as fuck. What am I still doing here?" And then, because <laughs> mm-hmm. that was also around the time after Ta- like Taeyang had that interview where he's like, "I feel like I haven't, you know, had hardships in life enough to make black music. I need to go through more adversary or, or go through more like." hardships and hard lives to be able to make real black music or some shit and i was like what the fuck is this and i was just like i really don't think i can do this anymore and then the news came out and i was like not top (laughs) yeah and i was just like i guess i'm in this i guess i'm really in this so yeah no i feel i definitely like as i said at the end of the day if he's happy i'm happy i will support him in most things i'm not an art person so i don't really care that much about that kind of stuff but if i can buy me some top wine for cheap i will buy me some top wine for cheap (laughs) i will make it a personal side project of mine to learn decent enough korean to be able to post my entire my entire i guess essay on his instagram about why nfts are wrong (laughs) and why he shouldn't do them and he'll either respond to me and say thank you or send me a chair gift or something like that. 
and be like, I don't understand. So <laughs> yes, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that lastly, because that literally just dropped today. And I literally read that article before I, after I finished work, I read it. Like I sat down and I'm like, I'm going to focus on this. And I'm going to read it. And then two minutes in, I was like, oh my God, I love him so much. Yeah. I usually don't <laughs> get connected to celebrities, but yeah. Top, top is really the one, one of the, one of the ones I would say. And after I read it, I had to lay down for a bit. That's why I was napping before we recorded. <laughs> I was like, I'm a little lightheaded, a little lightheaded. I need to lay down. <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel like, yeah, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was a good article. I definitely recommend everybody who is interested in Top, obviously, or Big Bang to take a look and read it. And, you know. There's a there's a there's a rainbow at the end of everything. There's a happy ending in store for people. So I think that was the main message of the whole piece. And I really enjoyed that part of it. But yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for spending this time with us and for supporting us and you know, liking or sharing or leaving comments. We really, really appreciate it. And any shout outs before we go? Yes. Shout out to Armin for being my baby. Shout out to Hanji. I haven't watched for being episode. the only one with the brain. Yeah. No, I'm not going to say much. Um, and then shout out to Isayama um, for being a good writer. I'm not going to say any, like, that's a very specific shout out. <laughs> yes. Um, and then... I want to say a shout out to all of the people who make commentary on popular media. I feel like they don't get enough of a shout out. I feel like they do a lot for the community. They I agree. Consuming media a lot more interesting. On that end, piggybacking off of what you just said, G-Men, I would like to give a shout out to K, not K-pop, a YouTube commentator, because I've been in like watching a lot of particularly black commentators recently called FD Signifier. If you've not heard of him, he does a lot of good commentary on social issues in pop culture, particularly as they relate to black people. And he is really, really good, really thoughtful, raises good questions. And, you know, like Juma said, like people like him are valuable to the community because they, they foster discussion. And, you know, just thinking about, you know, you know, confronting our held beliefs and really analyzing and just willing to be open minded and think about where we are, what we're doing and how we got here and. And how we fit into the culture as a whole, like globally, as always, shout out to Jimin. And Nat, you guys are great. Thanks for taking the reins while I was out for a little bit today. And shout outs to my dad. Having two hernias taken out in one surgery is not a not a pleasant thing to go through. But um, as always, he goes through most things with minimal complaints and just a lot of a lot of questions and can do attitude mostly and that if he wants to do something, he most likely will will do it. So good luck with that when the anesthesia wears off. For yes. Whenever the shout out to Ash's dad. Shout yeah. out to Ash's dad and to likely the Tylenol 3 or stronger that he's going to be taking. <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, I can definitely ex- 
see that. Okay, uh, so shout outs, shout outs to Ash, Jimin, and Jay. You know, we do what we can in a very crazy world, and but we do it and we still enjoy it. So that's super important. Shout out to the listeners as always, you know, can't forget about you guys. Thank you so much for the support. A shout out to GOT7 as always and to Top for making me emotional today, this Tuesday. Shout out to people who identify as women. Today is Women's International Day. Uh, Shout out to all the women who inspire and who believe and love and dream. You know, I think a lot of people have very messed up ideas on what a feminist is. And that's why we got a lot of these problems going on right now. I don't consider myself a feminist because a lot of the people who are grounded in feminist theory are racist. But I do believe in empowering women. And I do, in a, like, I would love for that to be a focus. You know, this Women's, in, women's Month as it is because March is like international women's month as well. So yeah, you know, if you like what we do, we are women and (laughs) you can support us (laughs) with our Patreon. It's $3 a month. We drop content every Tuesday weekly. And there are 33 album reviews on there. Plus all of the other discussions that we have. And we always take requests and we always have fun fulfilling them. So I think if you like our, like bi-weekly regular episodes you will also love our patreon because we are even more honest on that <laughs> we be having all sorts of conversations i think you would really enjoy it and you can reach us on twitter at nyan edizens you can reach us at gmail at not at gmail.com you can reach us on facebook and instagram with not netizens and yeah i think that's it for us so far tonight mm-hmm. all right Bye. Bye. Bye.